Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new podcast that we are calling Live a Little with Pete Pranica and Greg Graber. Um, Greg, this may be the first in podcasting history, and it may turn out to be a real mistake, but we are we are drinking beer as we record this, and we clank glasses. Now you got to tap the table, you know, like uh, Coach Beard, Ted Lasso. Here we go. Cheers to Wiseacre, our uh, choice of the day. Yes, yeah, you know, and, and I, I like Ananda as much as the next person, but I was bitterly disappointed because my favorite IPA in the world is one called Lunch from Maine Brewing Company. I went to one of the few stores that carries it, and they did not have any today. So in preparation for this podcast, wanted to have lunch. That will probably be on the second edition of this podcast. Assuming there is a second <laughs> second episode, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you will all like it. So, so um, I, I think people may know that I'm the TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Um, Greg, tell us a little bit more about what you do at Lausanne and, and kind of how you occupy your time because you do a, a bunch of different stuff almost as much as I do. Yeah, my background is in education. So I was a principal for a long time at Lausanne, but also my background is in educational psychology, mindfulness, social and emotional learning. So a lot of people know me from my book, Slow Your Roll, but also I work with a bunch of... Uh, college and professional teams on mental performance skills. Including the Memphis Tigers basketball team. And formerly the Grizzlies, you yes. know, a few years back. So uh, Old Miss, Memphis, a bunch of them travel around, uh, love working at Lausanne. So I do, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, so we're, we're just going to talk about, you know, I was thinking about this today, and I remember a, a video clip of Craig Ferguson, the Scottish comedian, and he would say, welcome back to when he was doing the Late Late Show or whatever. I think it was Late Late Show. And he said, welcome back to the big show about where we're going to talk about stuff. So I think that's kind of where, kind of where we're at. I, I think we're going to talk about stuff. So, um, Or the Seinfeld about the show about nothing. The show about nothing. This, is, this, yeah. this may be the podcast about nothing. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how all that works out. Um, both of us have, uh, we're, we're recording this on Monday at the, the lavish home studios of Pranica Media, Inc., and don't laugh, there really is a Pranica Media Inc. Um, but that's another story for another time. We're both coming off of, of very, very cool trips that we've both been looking forward to for quite some time. We are both Arsenal supporters, soccer guys. You played, you coached, I announced the sport. And you were in D.C. because Arsenal was in our nation's capital. So tell us a little bit yeah. more about that. A friend and I, I met him from Atlanta and another one for, from Virginia came up. Any excuse to see Arsenal. You know, last year I went twice. I went once and saw him at London on Boxing Day, and then I saw him at Liverpool. D.C. sounded like a great excuse to watch some football, drink some beer, and uh, they demolished the MLS All-Stars. It Shocking. was fun. Shocker, I know. Uh, it was a lot of fun. D.C. is always a good trip, you know. How, how was Audi Field? Because I've, I've not been, but I've heard a lot about it. Really nice. You know, those soccer-specific stadiums in the United States are a little bit smaller, which I think they're a little bit manageable in terms of them controlling their revenue and things like that. But there wasn't a bad seat in the house, it seemed like. It probably, I would say the capacity is about 20,000, 25,000, but it seemed like a lot more. The cool part about this that you'll appreciate, Arsenal, us Gooners took over D.C., even though, you know, D.C. United obviously is an MLS team and that's an MLS city, uh, I would say 85 to 90 percent of the fans were clad either in the home arsenal kit, the one that you have, the new right. one, or the ugly garish away kit. <laughs> You've seen that one? Yeah, I've seen that one. And, and I don't know what it is about Arsenal. They, they have this, 
longstanding tradition that their away kit has yellow. And this year, it's like a, it's it's like a jaundiced zebra. Oh, it was terrible. And you know, they lost to uh, Man United in an exhibition or a friendly on Saturday. They were terrible. So hopefully, they're getting it out of their system. Yeah. Well, a lot a lot of big news there. So so in this podcast, listener, just be forewarned, there will be soccer talk, and we'll we'll talk about Memphis nine one FC. Uh, from time to time as well, because you're you're working with Aaron Malloy, correct? Uh, just a fa- outstanding young man, great young, great young man, fast, fantastic midfielder, and uh, among the league leader in chances created, crosses. He is a superb, superb guy to take corner kicks. Um, as for me, and by the way, just you should kind of get a layout here. Don't don't fast forward whatever you do because there is good stuff coming. But you know don't don't we, don't, we don't prom- fast forward. Just we promise we're it's for we're building it's foreplay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, we're gonna t- we're talking about what's going on in our lives. We had a couple of really really good trips, um, and we're also gonna talk about recommendations. You know whether it's pop culture or, or whatever, we'll we'll talk about that. And then you know you you put the, you put this outline together and you put airing of the grievances. I wanted yeah we're not there already though right that's somewhere down the list. Yeah I'm just I'm just I'm just, just like laying yeah, out the show I mean, so yeah, people know that yeah you know an old bitter Jewish man I've got <laughs> nothing better to do than bitch so um, just seemed right you know and and then we're gonna do like a 180 then we're gonna have Greg's mindful moment exactly we're gonna we're gonna let it all out we're gonna process our stuff. For lack of a better, we're going to try to keep it PG, and then we're going to put ourselves in a good spot for the rest of the week. Exactly, exactly, and and certainly the the Ananda is is helping us right now. Um, I just got back last night, late last night, uh, from a trip to New York, where did a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, got to see an amazing play, and I, Holly and you are are Broadway people. We love New York. We probably go two or three times a year on average. Absolutely love it. Well, have you heard about the play Goodnight Oscar? I have. Okay. Absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. And Sean Hayes is absolutely amazing. And He's hilarious. And I, I would not necessarily have known about this play, except I think we're both fans of Smartless, mm-hmm. the podcast, with, with Sean Hayes and Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. Shout out Smartless. Okay. We, we want to retweet from you guys. Um and, and yeah, so it's the story of, of Oscar Levant, who was a brilliant piano player and humorist, and Jack Parr, who at the time was the host of The Tonight Show, loved having him on because he was great with a quip. He was a virtuoso uh, pianist, had appeared in a bunch of movies. And basically, the setup of this particular play is uh, they're moving The Tonight Show from New York to Los Angeles, and Jack Parr's favorite guest is Oscar Levant. And Oscar Levant, for those of you who don't know, in addition to being an actor and a brilliant pianist, had real severe mental health issues and addiction issues, particularly with pills. You can kind of see where there, there's going to be a collision here because Jack Parr wants him on the show. David Sarnoff, the head of NBC, does not want him on the show. And it, it, it's, it, it's, it's alternately, it's fun, it's touching, it's, it, it's really... Uh, a great play, and Sean Hayes won the Tony for Best Actor, and certainly, certainly deserved that. Um, but then also got to meet with some friends that I've known for 35 years, ever since I I was at Notre Dame, and uh, got a chance to spend some time with them. Uh, went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh, that's cool. Which um, they have a Van Gogh exhibition. 
And it, it's amazing how fine they can go with some of these exhibits. This was about his painting of cypresses in France. But he was like obsessed with these real thin, dark green trees. And uh, I, I think for those uh, who know Starry Night, yeah, there are the stars. But if you look in the left of the picture, there is this giant cypress. It can, was, I, can I interrupt you for a second? <laughs> Am I like no, no, rambling here? No, no, this here? is great. No, we've, gone, we've gone from beer to <laughs> arsenal <laughs> to, to Van Gogh. To Van, this is wonderful. Yeah, this is great. We're probably the only ones that are ever going to listen to these, but we're having a good time. Yeah, so. yeah. As, as long as we're having a good time, maybe you will too. But uh, that, that was fantastic. I mean, Do you ever do uh, the Museum of Modern Art in New York? Have have not. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that, that, that would be on the... There's so many great museums in New York, and I, I really have a love love less than love relationship with with the city of new york and we'll get to that really we'll get to that i would actually if it were not a money issue i'd probably move there one of these days okay well i love it that much we'll, we'll get to i'm gonna that. put you on my airing of grievances okay. then for that. <laughs> um but then the the coolest thing was this this couple had invited me a year ago and I, i'd gone and then again this year there is a um the Rosen family estate in Katona, New York, which is maybe an hour and a half out of the city, uh, it has become a artistic center and musical venue. And Lincoln Center puts on a jazz festival one Saturday in the summer. And so Wynton Marsalis runs the whole thing, kind of, kind of picks uh, who's going to be in it. And one of the highlights of it it, it's cool because they're like four or five stages and they stagger the start time. So you go from stage to stage and there's like an amphitheater. Then there's a sun, literally a sunken garden oh, cool. where you can go and listen. Uh, multiple stages and, you know, you bring your, your picnic lunch and you just hang out and drink wine and eat good food and all that. But what's really cool is that Lincoln Center has um, a high school jazz band camp. And <laughs> what happens at band camp? Uh, well, I, stays it right. It's, all all I know is that the music was just unbelievable, and they give a lot of these kids opportunities to solo. And then uh, we're sitting there and we're listening to this, and the band director says, "Okay, we're going to pass the microphone around, and we're going to have every kid say who they are and where they're from." And there were probably sixty kids in this in this particular performance. Five of them were from Memphis. Wow. The, How cool is that? The only, the only other city or region that did as well in terms of representation was North Carolina. Interesting. Which, I, you know, yeah. nobody from Chicago, nobody from New Orleans, but I don't know, maybe they have other opportunities. Raleigh-Durham, maybe? That's kind yeah, of a yeah, Raleigh Durham. Yeah, yeah. So some of the kids were from yeah, Nashville. I could maybe yeah. The kids, the kids from North Carolina were, I, I think, largely from from Raleigh Durham and, and the Research Triangle. But um, yeah, and I actually caught up with one of the, one of the young men afterwards, and I said, "Hey, you're from Memphis," and I introduced myself and said, "Man, you really appreciate it." And it, it's so cool, Greg. And I mean, you work with young people at Lausanne. It's isn't it cool to just see a young person. Like they find their happy place or they find their passion, whether it's sports or arts or... It's incredible. Uh, it, there's nothing like it to see a kid pursuing his or her passion and doing well with it, you know? And that was, that was just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, yeah, so back from that trip and... Uh, so yeah. you're going next. Where are you going? Next will be um, Notre Dame Navy, the end of August in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, very cool. So, I, you know, Holly and I were in Dublin last year for the first time. Okay. Loved it. 
Yeah, I I was joking. A friend asked me how it was, what my experience was, and I said if a if a pub decided to open up a town, basically that <laughs> that would be Dublin. Yeah, yeah. People are so nice there. They're, they're incredibly friendly. I mean, they're they're absolutely fantastic. Which wow, we're I'm looking at recommendations. I could give a recommendation that's kind of Irish themed here in a minute. But yeah, that that's it'll be my third time to 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 Ireland, and it 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 never goes never never gets old. But I've never been there for the Notre Dame game i've been there here's the crazy thing here's here's a story a little sidebar i was actually in dublin for saint patrick's day back in 1990 how cool all i can tell you is listener no green beer <laughs> and and what the, what they do in what they do in ireland of course it, it's patty's day it's what they call it. it's not saint patrick's day it's, it's patty's day and what they do is all the, the 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 winter sports they have their championships on saint patrick's day so whether it's hurling or Gaelic football or you know regular football slash soccer, uh, the schools all have their championships on on Paddy's Day. The pubs do not open until the afternoon. So you go first thing you do on Paddy's Day in Ireland is you go to church because it's predominantly Catholic. Then you go watch an athletic contest, and then you go have your celebration, which does not include green beer. I was going to ask, do they? Do they have to wear green, or is that just sort of an Americanization? Of, it's a, it's, a, it's an like American corned beef and cabbage. They have to eat all that, and they don't do. I, I mean, pubs serve corned beef and cabbage all the time anyway, or fish and chips, or salmon, or or, or whatever. Um, so there's no pinching if you're not wearing green. Or... No, okay. no, it's it, it's a religious holiday for them more more than anything else. Um, so yeah, so that's that that's pretty cool. I really really enjoy that. Really looking forward to it. Uh, some time in Killarney. Uh, I just FedEx came with a delivery. I think the itinerary just got here, so I'm really looking forward to that. So, so hit up hit up our guy Aaron Malloy. Speaking of yes, yes, for some real inside uh, baseball there. Yeah, well, Malloy, that yes. that or our good friend DJ Naylor, who runs uh, Celtic Crossing. And oh, by the way, great guy. Let's go to some recommendations here. My recommendation, as long as we're talking Ireland. Have you been to Bog and Barley yet? I have yet? not. I'm ashamed to say. I think I'm the last person in the Memphis area who has not. I've heard just rave reviews, everything it, about it. It's, is- it's absolutely sensational. And it is, it's an Irish pub that, it's not your typical Irish pub in a, in a lot of ways. Um, it's not a football pub. DJ told no, me yeah, months ago when he was planning this, he's like, it's not going to be like here at Celtic where we just watch football and drink beer. and uh, no. It's a whole different thing. Right? It, it's, it's a whole different vibe. Um, it is in um, Regalia, okay, at the corner of Ridgeway and Poplar, for those of you in, in Memphis. Or if you're planning a trip to Memphis, it certainly would be very worthy of you to, to go over there and, and do that. The most amazing thing about it is that the woodwork, and it is all, all wood, was carved, manufactured in Ireland assembled, disassembled, shipped to Memphis, and reassembled. And it, it's, absolute, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, um, and the, the food's excellent. It, it's, it's, a, it's a cut above your normal Irish pub fare, although the fish and chips are outstanding. Hamburger's amazing. Uh, those are the only two things uh, I've tried, and a great whiskey selection that uh, I, need to, uh, I need to avail myself of. Have not done that as of yet, but it's, it's an absolutely fabulous space. So I would say recommendations, uh, go over to uh, Bog and Barley and uh, tell them Pete and Greg sent you. Yeah, I'm really happy for DJ. He's, a, he's an outstanding individual, and I know how much work 
and effort he put into this. And uh, I hear business is brisk. You know, it's like standing room only. Yeah, I, I've, heard, I've heard people say, well, we, we just can't even get in there. And in fact, the last time that I went there, I went there for lunch. <laughs> I, think wow. I just went by myself, sat at the bar, had a nice conversation with a bartender and um, had just an amazing meal there. So that, so that's my recommendation. I've, I've got plenty more, but we, we're going to have plenty more episodes. I got to keep something in reserve. So now you're what, looking, what, what, at, you're looking you, at me like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm supposed looking at to you. recommend something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you wow, did, what, you didn't is, do show prep? Come on. I, did, I know. I was going <laughs> to wing it, but then you stick a microphone in front of my face, and it's, uh, it's difficult. Uh, yesterday, Holly and I met some friends at Crosstown Concourse. I don't know if this is the official name for it. Uh, like It was a Vietnam food fest. Okay. Vietnamese food. Mm-hmm. Really crowded. But it was outstanding. The food that they had, uh, we had a great time. And then we went with our friends and we hung out at Crosstown Brewery and uh, really enjoyed it. So anyone who has not checked out the concourse yet, it's really a neat, you know, it's an old Sears building that I think they call it a vertical village. So it's like a sort of intentional living space. Some of it's retail, some of it's food. Um you know, Church Health is one of their big tenants and the YMCA there. It is really a neat facility. And uh, on Saturday mornings, I teach a meditation course in the garden there. Unless it's raining or about 100 degrees, but typically... typically <laughs> which, which, which is most days yeah, in Memphis right now. Exactly. Typically, we'll do it. It's just a really neat place. It's almost the type of place that you would see in another city. Like, is it uh, Reading Market mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia right. or something mm-hmm, like that? Yeah just a good cross mix of, of individuals and, and businesses. And uh, it's always a good vibe going in there. They have shows there. They have dramatic productions. They have visual art on the second floor. Highly recommend checking it out if you're here in Memphis. And what's, what's cool about that is you talk about Reading Market or Milwaukee's Public Market, mm-hmm. which I just visited earlier this summer. Those are, those are great places. They don't have performing arts spaces, which Crosstown does. They've got a theater. And I've been to a couple of musical performances there, which, I mean, it really is. This, this is the thing, and, and this could almost get into airing of grievances. Is like, you know, <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> people who complain about Memphis, well, there's nothing to do in Memphis. Like, wait a second. We've always been, I'm a native Memphian. I'm like, right. we've always been our own worst enemies with this. It's, it's, it's interesting how sometimes, I'm not speaking for everyone, uh, we have sort of an inferiority complex or something. It's like... But God forbid if anyone else says something about Memphis, we're ready to fight. <laughs> right, It's almost right. like having a little brother. Right. I can beat the hell out of him, but you better not touch him type thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and I, I always thought, and it was funny too, because when I lived in Portland, Oregon, Portland had the same thing, but it was vis-a-vis Seattle. Mm. You know, Seattle is bigger and brighter and shinier, and I don't know if people in Memphis feel the same way about Nashville that Port Portlanders uh, feel about Seattle. I, I, I don't know, but... If you, and, I, and I've said this a lot of times, I said, if, if you are complaining that there's nothing to do in Memphis, you're not looking very hard. I agree. You know, it, it, no, it, it's not New York. It is not Chicago. It is not Los Angeles. And in a lot of ways, that's a good thing. Uh, but but there's, there is certainly stuff to do. But to be honest, you're the kind of guy that's always going to find something to do. You're a pilot. Uh, you travel a lot. You do, obviously, your job is really cool with the Grizzlies. You're, right. always, you're an actor. Uh, with Tennessee Shakespeare Company. Right. Um, but I'm with you. There is always something to do here. 
Just got to go out and gonna go out and find it. All right. Uh, you want to air some grievances? You were gonna. You want to go first? No, no. I'm gonna let you, you go first. Like, yeah. You you go first, and I have so many. I mean, uh, we can some. just go on and on and on. I don't want to sound like one of these guys <laughs> on one of these political shows that just goes on and on about everything that's wrong in the world. I try not to have that mindset, but. Um, I think sort of one of the things I'd like to discuss, Pete, or air, is sort of the the arbitrary following of traffic laws in Memphis. I think, or non-following. Yeah. In, in most cities, because I travel a lot for what I do, you travel even more than I do, I would say it's safe to assume that yellow lights are optional. But in Memphis, it seems red lights are optional. Um. I don't know. That really gets. And you there, know. there are a lot of red light cameras here too. Yeah, I don't get it, especially out east, like where you live. There are a lot of cameras. I'm a midtowner. Probably right. fewer cameras. They don't care about us as much. Maybe. Um, I don't know. That just kind of gets my goat. Well, well, and and what I have complained about even on social media is the drag racing on 240. Oh, it's terrible. So we live right off of North Parkway, right? We live on Stonewall. I probably shouldn't give my street on here, but who cares? My house is for sale, actually. <laughs> yeah, so house look, is for sale. Look, yeah, you can move it anyway. Yeah. Oh, get a plug for that. Um, but they drag race down, you know, people drag race down North Parkway. We hear it all times of the night. Um, probably not a good plug if I'm trying to sell my house. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, but... It's, you know, the drag racing, you know, if they go by your house, it's one thing. But what I'm finding, I've actually had to change my route back home from FedEx Forum after games. Really? Because it's dangerous to be on 240 even as early as 10 o'clock at night. Well, it's like these awful speed bumps that they have. Where is it? On front down there? Mm -hmm. Is it front, I believe? Yeah. Um, There's a speed bump like every 50 yards just so these idiots can't go 100 miles an hour and run everybody off the road yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean what i what i found just driving back whether it's after a 901 fc or after a grizzlies game i normally take the 240 leap out uh, leap loop out to east memphis have, is what i was another, really yeah another sip yeah <laughs> yeah this is going really well with the beer isn't it he does um, this for a living yeah <laughs> it's also called take two um <laughs> but yeah what you would find is that you'd have like a couple cars that'd be racing and cutting you off at, at a ridiculous amount of speed. And so it's like, you know what? It's not a whole lot longer time-wise to take surface streets. And the other thing, too, is it's really dangerous because a lot of times we come back from a road trip and our charter may land at like 1, 1.30 in the morning. And I might be a little tired. I'm certainly not impaired. I haven't been drinking or anything. But you're just tired. And you got to watch out for somebody who's just yeah. out, out there joyriding. And it's not just that, it's the fact, and I don't know what the thought process is with the Memphis Police Department. There are no cops out there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And you would think later there would be. Um, the, the interesting thing also to me is people like that will be speeding and they'll pass you and then they're sitting there at the red light when you pull up anyway. They're not getting anywhere any quicker. I, don't, I really don't know what the fascination is. It's all about it's all about perception, perception and competition. I don't know. Uh, so the fourth was a few weeks ago. Let's go to that. Why do people shoot firecrackers for a week in Memphis before <laughs> and after the fourth? No. First idea. of all, my dogs hate it. I can't sleep. There's garbage in the street. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. I've never. Are people that simply amused? I can understand shooting fireworks for 15, 30 minutes 
on the fourth. But it, at what point are you not amused with it anymore? Yeah. Am I just a terrible, bitter, cynical <laughs> old man? Or or what is this? I don't know. Our, our listeners will eventually answer that in the comments section of this podcast, I suppose. Uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan. I do not you have you have a couple of dogs, right? Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they're okay. They're not as bad as I have friends with some dogs that they really get traumatized from it. But I remember the lyric to that Nirvana song, uh, All Apologies. I wish I were like you, simply amused. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So there we go. Well, I mean, but it would start like, because, you know, I, I was here on the 4th of July. I was sitting out, outside on the back porch, and I think they started like at 4. And it's 1130 at night, and it's like, oh, come on, come on, really? You're right. I mean, I don't know how much people buy, or you just buy and buy and buy fireworks. Like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot them all off, and if I don't finish it on the fourth, I'll fire some off on the fifth, the sixth. I mean, even Ugh. even last week, I think there were people still with firecrackers, and it's well, just and, like, they, and people shoot guns as well. Yeah, you know, which so. which is which is also extremely dangerous. I was I was talking with somebody who owns uh, or is a tenant in a large public building, and they had just. Um, taken possession of this building and they were doing the inspection and they went up on the roof and like what are all these holes here people in that neighborhood would just shoot guns up in the air and the bullets would come down and and and, and pierce the ceiling so yeah it's um yeah speeding uh firecrackers yeah so uh skunkweed is another one you go into any city any time (laughs) of the day and it smells terrible like Skunkweed. Not even. Not that I would know what good weed is. I don't do that. <laughs> Never done it. At least we're sticking to that. But you know, even staying in hotels, you probably stay in much nicer hotels than I do, uh, being on the Grizzlies' dime. But I've been in hotels working with teams before, and I've had to move rooms because the pungent odor is so bad. I have no problem with it. Don't get me wrong, people. But just. Go outside. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, yeah. if you want to do that, you do you. But as we travel the country now, you're seeing more and more dispensaries mm-hmm. everywhere. It's not something that I use, and but you want to go use it, knock yourself out. If it's legal, I have no moral issue with yeah. it. Yeah, I just don't want to smell it. I yeah, just don't want to, you know. But but see now, and one of what I was gonna, one of my airing of the grievances is that just coming back from New York. Do not walk down a sidewalk and text at the same time. Oh. Don't get me started. You know I give lectures on this, right? For a living. I like tech over-dependency and right, all this right. kind of stuff from a psychological perspective. Yeah, that's, that's another one. We're losing that battle, though. The average attention span is, I believe it's eight seconds now, <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, we can we're willfully all, we're, sustain. We're all goldfish. Oh, we yeah, you've read that. Yeah, yeah. You can we can willfully sustain uh, our attention on one thing for about eight seconds before we sort of break into thoughts or overthinking. And a goldfish supposedly has a nine second attention span. <laughs> so we're so we're <laughs> below the goldfish. Yeah. So when oh, I'm boy. Ted Lasso would love it. Great. Or whenever I'm giving this talk, someone will look at me like, and in their eyes, you can tell what they're thinking. Well, how do you know? The goldfish has that nine-second attention span. I guess it's their eyes. Whether I don't know. But, <laughs> some so. some science some scientist has figured that out. Well, it's 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 not only the over dependence on technology. It is just the common courtesy. I mean, New York, the streets are crowded. Okay, so we stayed on Forty Sixth because the theater's on Forty Fourth. 
uh, we walked out to the High Line. Oh, so you were near Times Square. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what you, yeah it's going to be crowded. There. Well, yeah, I know, I know. But do you have to, like, stop and be a tourist? At, you know, oh, pull, yeah. pull, pull off to the side. How dare these tourists <laughs> act like tourists? <laughs> it was one, one guy walks up to me, and I don't, know, I don't know why I get this, like, wherever I go. But wherever I go, it seems people think that I know something. This guy like, walks up to me and says, um, can you tell me where's Times Square? Like, buddy, you're in Times Square. <laughs> Speaking of skunkweed, I mean, Times Square. You smell a lot there, right? You smell it all over. You smell it all over New York. And, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't know. You know, I am a fast walker. My companion is a fast walker. We like, we like you know, hey, you want to get some places. And, you know, people are just kind of meandering or they just kind of stop or... The worst is, have you been on the High Line in New York? Uh, I, I don't think so. What is it? Okay. It, well, it used to be a, a railroad path in, in the Chelsea area. So like down by Chelsea Pier. And now it's it's this pedestrian walkway and oh, there cool. are shops and everything. Is it near the meatpacking district, maybe? Uh, that, I don't know. As many times as I've been to New York, I still don't know the geography that well. Yeah. You know, it's- um, but yeah, so you know, it's it's wide enough for like four or five people, but then you'll encounter two people who take up like the entire sidewalk. So yeah, you were gonna. This is a great segue into mine. I'm sorry, I've got five. You've got one, but people, <laughs> you, people, you, you, got, got you got a lot of grievances. <laughs> Might need another beer here. Um, people sort of who don't respect shared spaces. It's right, a big right. thing now. I don't know if it's a lack of self-awareness, a lack of social awareness. Um, like on an airplane, someone who will take their shoes off mm-hmm. and their socks, bare feet, say they're in the bulkhead seat, and they'll put their feet, their dirty feet up on the wall. Or, this is the one that always gets me, someone on an airplane blasting a video or songs without earbuds or headphones. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you, I don't want to hear your stuff. What do you, what makes you think, especially on a 6 a.m., 7 a.m. flight? Right. Put some headphones and be a human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that, that kind of, does this lead to in, in, to mindfulness? I'm too, I'm a little, I'm a little worked up. Now. Yeah, I know, I man. You might have to, uh, well, we, well, you're being cut off after one beer. That's, that, that's, that goes without saying. But yeah, there, there is a, um, there is a lack of self-awareness with a lot of people. Is it like, it seems like we live in this accelerated culture where everything is so fast. Mm -hmm. And it's, I want what I want when I want it and I'm going to get it. And I'm a hypocrite because I love things like Uber Eats, Mm -hmm. like the $35 hamburger that my wife gets so mad that I, uh, or, you know, like binging on Ted Lasso for Mm -hmm. whatever it is. We kind of live in that culture of instant gratification now. And I think it's made us all a little more narcissistic in some ways. Yeah. You know. So 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 part of of your role with Lausanne, part of your role with professional and college sports teams is mindfulness. Is there is there something uh, of a lack of mindfulness where people just they're so into their own heads that they're not thinking about the world around them? Uh without a doubt. I think we find ways we go out of our ways now it's so convenient with electronic devices where we can numb ourselves emotionally where we don't have to feel or think if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's like scrolling on our phones 
we're not scrolling on our phones because we actually necessarily really enjoy doing that all the time. A lot of them, it's sort of this subconscious procrastination. We do it so we don't have to deal with things that we should be tending to, whether it's our thoughts, emotions, or even if we don't want to deal with work. You know, it's easier for me to go and not that I do this. If any of my employers are listening, <laughs> people I do work with, go look at Arsenal stuff. Right. For like an hour. And then it's like, OK, it's lunchtime. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And you've yeah, just killed an yeah, hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows what's going to happen with Twitter or I'm, I'm sorry, X. X. Oh, that. Well, that, that's another. Should we go on and save that for the next? <laughs> yeah, well, let or, let's let's see let's see what happens with X or Twitter or 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 whatever it is because that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I was listening to a podcast and I, I I'm trying to remember who's um, it might have been might have been Ryan Holiday. He's great. Who's fantastic by stoic, the way? Stoic. Yeah, stoic philosopher. Um, he said that the first thing in the morning is don't look at your phone. Because if you look at your phone right away and you look at the emails and you look at the Twitter feed, you are letting all kinds of people into your life before you've gone and brushed your teeth or made your coffee. Oh, without a doubt. And so it's it's like, I try really hard. Okay, the alarm goes on my phone. Okay, got it. No text messages, no emergency messages. I'm gonna put this down now because let me at least let wake up before I hear if I choose to listen to a podcast or, you know, I'm, I'm reading Twitter feed or threads or, or whatever it is. Cause otherwise you just, you start your day with so many inputs that your mind is fried almost right from the get go. But, I, but you're absolutely right. You have a free moment and uh, it, it's, it's like we were riding in the back seat of my friend's car and, you know, we're, we're driving out to Katona to the jazz festival or we're driving, you know, into the city to go to the Met and it's like, well, you know, we start to start looking at our phones. Mm -hmm. it, it's become almost like a, a, a reflex action. Well, you, we've talked about this before. We've we've both been to Paris and to the Louvre, and mm -hmm. you see people, and you see it at sporting events. I know you see this at all the Grizzlies games, probably, and I see it at a lot of the college games. People would rather document the events where they are instead of like actually soaking it in in first person, so to speak. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, do we ever go back and watch that video of a Grizzlies versus a Clippers game on a Tuesday night in November? I mean, right? I mean. Yeah, yes and no. I, I'm, I'm guilty if there is a particular artist that I'm watching in concert and that one of their signature songs, I will, I will click on the video and do like 60 seconds mm -hmm. and have it as a memory. Yeah. But I know that um, we had gone to Chicago last year to see Chris Bodie. And I swear there was a woman next to us who videotaped the entire concert on her phone. Yeah, I couldn't enjoy it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was that, at, we saw Tears for Fears. I'm showing my age now. We're about the same age. Um, we were in Denver. Loved them. I hadn't seen them in like 40 years. And I see people all around me, like literally videoing the entire production yeah i'm sure there's a concert video you can watch on youtube you don't have to do it yourself yeah I, I'll, I'll do like a little bit just this kind of a memory oh i was sitting here yeah when cool. when they played this song yeah that's that's fine but yeah it's just yeah the over over dependence on it and here's here's another thing it, this is another grievance this happened to us when we went to paris last year we're in the louvre particular well no the louvre the the orangerie those of you who have seen um 
Midnight in Paris, you know, the, the, the infinity-shaped rooms with Monet's water lilies. Absolutely stunning. I have to go there, have to see it. It's fantastic. And, you know, the, the iPhone has a panoramic feature so that you can, you know, kind of take in the whole thing. So, I, I, I mean, I took that. But I can't tell you how many people wanted to take selfies in front of it. And then the same thing, we're, we're at the Met and at the special exhibition of the Van Goghs, and there are people like standing up, flashing, you know, the peace sign or thumbs up or whatever, standing in front of a Van Gogh. And it's like, oh. it's just, you know, and you want to read, you want to read the plaque, you want to understand, you know, the painting and, and all that. And yeah, it's uh, not good. Not good. Um, I think we have aired grievances and we have saved more for future episodes. I don't think we're ever going to run out of grievances. I think we're no. just, we're kind of we're 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 grievance type people. I think we're at the age and stage in our lives <laughs> where we'll always have an automatic feed for grievances. Automatically, automatically. Um, okay, you were doing a mindfulness session before I came over here to record this. You're going to be doing mindfulness sessions with with athletes, with just run of the mill folks. Uh, Give us some mindful stuff here to yeah. set us off. I'd love to start with something kind of really basic instead of leading us through like a breathing exercise or a meditation. One of the things that I always start with when I'm working with a team is, you know, the whole definition of mindfulness is to be in the present moment as much as you can be with as little judgment. And a lot of times if you think about it, we're either reciverating about the past or typically we're worried about what's right around the corner in the future. And that affects our ability to really be in the present moment. And when we're in the present moment, one, from a well-being and a happiness perspective, we're more fulfilled in the present moment. And two, from a production or an efficiency perspective, when we're in the present moment, we're not worried about the last play. So I know you're a basketball guy, mm. obviously a really good one, great at what you do. You see a lot of basketball, so I'll give you a, a basketball example. It's that player that goes down the court, shoots an air ball, is embarrassed, mad, angry, disgusted, whatever, overly emotional, can't let go of that play mentally, goes down on the other end and gets a stupid foul. So what I like to say to people is it's a really simplistic saying but it's really effective it's let go or be dragged mentally and emotionally you gotta let go or be dragged so whenever i'll say this to an athlete they'll be like so i'm supposed to be happy that i messed up or the play didn't no you're not supposed to be happy get angry get disappointed process it quickly then get back in the present moment get stuck in the present moment as much as you can it's called neuroplasticity with our with our brains and our prefrontal cortex Neurons that fire together end up wiring together eventually, and it becomes our default mode. So if we practice this over and over and over again, over time, we're more apt to get out of those extreme emotions and return to the present moment, if that makes sense. One thing that we would say at LSU, you know, I worked with uh, Will Wade and his guys a lot for five years on their high performance team at LSU. We'd start them off by saying, have your feet and your mind in the same place. If your feet are on the court, have your mind on basketball, nothing else. And when it wanders, get in the habit of bringing it back. And we tell them when your feet are in the classroom, have your mind on what's going on in the classroom. Even if you don't care what the professor is saying, it's training your mind. And when it wanders, bring it back. 
And it's like flexing your bicep over and over and over, like you're lifting weights, you're building those mental muscles by doing that, by always trying to return to the present moment. As simplistic as it sounds, it's highly effective. We're essentially stripping away all old mental conditioning and replacing it with new. So, One of the things that I've heard coaches express it in a slightly different form, don't let one bad possession screw up the next three. Yes. And that, that's why that's Taylor, good. that's one of the things, you know, Taylor Jenkins is big on this. Next play mentality, next play, next play. You know, that what you screwed up, or even if you were successful, it, it's done. It, it, it's over with. It's, it's, um, it's that moment from Bull Durham when Nuke pitches a good inning and, uh, and Crash, uh, he says, well, you know, can't you let me enjoy the moment? And Crash Davis says, the moment's gone. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you're like, great. can't you let me enjoy this? No, the moment's gone. And that's great advice because yeah. we, we tell these, these athletes and corporate, you know, uh, executives as well. It doesn't just have to be in the sports world. For whatever we're doing, it's applicable to every domain. Um, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Just kind of s- try to be hover around that middle gear as much as you can, you know. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we have gone through... Van Gogh, Arsenal, uh, marijuana smell, common courtesy, many, many grievances. And uh, we're coming down to the end of the beer here. So, uh, hey, cheers to a, a successful first episode. Right. Yeah, successful first fun. episode of, of Little Live a Little with Pete Pranica and Greg Graber. Hope you enjoy this. Uh, rate, review. And uh, there will be more of this stuff coming your way. And if you've got suggestions for stuff, you suggest a guest. We'd this love is, to have a guest. We'd, we'd love to have a guest. We're both we're both going to get bored with each other really, really quickly. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, this has been Live a Little with Pete Pranica and Greg Graber. Hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, keep watching this space for Episode 2. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Take care, everybody. See you.